it's a mental prison that you can live in. But if you don't realize that you're in a prison, it doesn't feel like it. I think this suicide is so much more common among men than it is with women because women, it is easier for them to connect with each other and with other people. When I dropped the thinking, I came back to a place of nothing. And in that place, I feel love. I'm at peace. I don't need anything because everything was created from nothing first. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to The Grateful Show. I hope you're all doing well because today's guest is no other than Sachin, host of the podcast and YouTube channel Spoon of Consciousness, a movement aimed towards personal development and living a conscious lifestyle. Sachin is a coach and spiritual mentor. Having been through a lot of trauma in his childhood and spending three years in solitude, basically having minimal social interaction throughout this time, he's been able to dive deep into his mind and heal himself. He's now here to help other people transform their lives and, as he says, he has conversations with people and then miracles happen. This episode is an absolute gem. We dive deep into distractions, how to be more aware, how to escape the metrics, uh, how to find balance into addictions, into fast food, uh, the goods and bad sides of pornography, and much more. But without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Sachin. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of The Grateful Show. Today, we have the pleasure to speak with Sachin. How is it going, my friend? Yeah, very good, man. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to do this. Our pleasure. What are you grateful for today? Oh, so living in the UK is usually rainy. It's usually uh. quite cold, and we've got some beautiful weather outside right now. And I'm just super grateful to, to be alive in such an interesting time. There's that quote that says, uh, may you live in interesting times. And we sure as hell are right now. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. Actually, I was thinking that over the last past days that actually this period that we are living currently, it is very busy. So I don't know if it's the best period that we could be living. What would you say about that? We ain't got no. We ain't got no other choice. <laughs> yeah, I I love the times that we're living in because uh, we look, dude. We couldn't do this twenty years ago. Yeah. Um, but man, like, yeah. There's there's never been a time like this in the in the history of the world. So we we decided before we had a body, we decided to come here for a reason, and you know we're living that reason now, which is really cool. I don't know if you were aware about uh, what Elon Musk is doing with the Neuralink, where he's trying to actually uh, connect all the consciousness through that technology. Do you think it's a good idea? Uh, I have no idea because I don't know anything about current events, but tell, tell me a bit okay. more and, and I'll give you an opinion. Uh, Pascal, do you want uh, yeah, you have a bit of more knowledge? Of course. of course, we started this off the bat, but yeah, basically what Bogdan is mentioning is uh, a system called Neuralink, where um, this guy is basically trying to implement um, artificial intelligence uh, inside our brain to connect consciousness. Uh, so basically, once this thing uh, goes live, we'll basically be able to read each other's minds through like some sort of interconnection. So you don't have to talk to each other anymore. Holy fuck. 
Yeah, but have you ever wanted to slap someone in the face? Like just been thinking about it. Imagine if they could think they could see that you were thinking, and then you get into a fight without anyone even saying anything. That could be one thing. But also, like I'm a man. Okay, I like women. We walk down the street. I don't want anyone to know what I'm thinking because I'm not going to act on some of these thoughts. Like, oh, she's hot. Maybe I should ask her for a phone number. She might be like, oh, get away from me, dude. Or she might be like, hey, I'm really interested. And, and maybe I look again or we start talking. I'm like, oh, I don't know. Maybe this wasn't a good idea. I'm going to be late for this or whatever. Like you have thousands of thoughts every day and they're not conscious. We don't get to decide. They're just being churned out regularly. So if someone could see that, they'd be like, oh my God, you're thinking about kicking that dog. Oh my God, how dare you? Fuck you, throw you in prison. Uh, so, you know, the, it, I don't know exactly how the technology works. Uh, I'm not up to date on these things, but uh, we're walking a fine line, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. I think, as you said, it would be just a matter of actually uh, making the most use of it without obviously distracting our social interactions with each other. Because if it's going to be turned on the whole time, as you said, that would be a whole mess on like a global level. <laughs> But yeah, just to briefly give our um, audience uh, introduction in what you Sachin do, can you give us like a short three to five minutes intro in what it is that you do and what you're currently working on? Hmm. So I'll, I'll give you even better than that. I'll give you in one sentence. Uh, I'm a coach. I have conversations with people and then miracles happen. Miracles like making way more money, curing your depression, being happier than you've ever been, and having the most fun and fulfilling relationships and lifestyle you've ever had in your life. Um, I usually work with like athletes, artists, musicians, business owners, influencers, actors. I've worked with lots of different types of people. Um, I've been doing this for almost five years. It's been a crazy fun journey. And uh, yeah, I also teach coaches how to build their businesses because there's a lot of crap advice out there from, from certain people. I don't know them by name, but I've seen a lot of it myself. And one of my missions is to raise the standard of coaching because anyone can be a coach. You just put it in your Instagram bio, you're a coach. Um, but you know, not everyone will be a, a powerful, successful coach creating income and impact from this. So that's one thing I really care about. And another thing is I'm working, um, you know, I'm, I'm working on a few different things. I don't say what I'm working on until it's ready for the world to see. Um, but yeah, I like I'm, one of my big things is I'm, I'm here to I'm here to deliver my my truth because the world is becoming more and more censored. People are scared to have an opinion. People are scared to be politically incorrect, and I do not give any fucks about that stuff. So, what made you choose this uh, career with coaching? What did you do before? Hmm, funny story. So, uh, I, I'm Indian, right? Our people are like education is God. You have to get a degree. So I went to university, I got a degree in biology, waste mm -hmm. of time. Like I hated every minute of it. It was so boring. And um, yeah, I finished university in 2014 and I spent nine months unemployed playing PlayStation and smoking weed and drinking alcohol. It's doing nothing. Literally, that's it. And I, I was going to the gym like four or five times a week because I had nothing mm -hmm. else to do. So in this nine months, my brother saw that I was being a bum and he was like, dude, this ain't it. Like, what, what, what the fuck? What the fuck are you doing? And he introduced me to the idea that you know there are people in the world who are making a living doing something they really care about. They're working hard, 
but you know, they, they make money doing something they care about. It could be a job, it could be a business, all kinds of things. And he goes with social media. Now this is back then in 2014. I didn't, mm -hmm. I deleted my Instagram. I didn't, I didn't have really used Facebook. I used Snapchat here and there to talk to a few of my friends, but I wasn't really using it and I didn't care about it. And, um, when he introduced me to these ideas, I was like, all right, cool. You know, you got my intention. Let me see what happens. So I started doing, I just started watching and listening to successful people like musicians, business owners, people who've impacted the world. I just listened to their interviews and the same theme kept coming up. They liked something and then they started doing it more and more and then they eventually got paid for it. And mm -hmm. then they, they were paid a lot to do it because they just kept doing it. And I got a job in a bank because my parents wouldn't get off my case about getting a job. Mm -hmm. So I usually get fired from jobs around three months. Okay. So <laughs> the three, the three month mark is coming up and the manager is like, Sachin, why are you here? And I was like, what do you mean? She goes, you're the last one to get here. You're the first one to leave. And you always smell like weed. Like what, what do you, what do you want? Why are you here? And I didn't, I didn't have an answer for her. And she goes, go away and think about it and tell me tomorrow. And, um, yeah, I just, I quit because I realized I wasn't, this wasn't it. Like this is not what I'm here to do. And it was getting really boring. And uh, yeah. So, um, I took a really big pay cut. I was, I think 70% less going to work in an office, just doing some menial admin work. And, um, it, I'd made this decision so I could buy back my time. Like this office job was so simple. It was like a seven year old could do it. And I get to take my laptop to the place so I can educate myself and build something in the meantime. So I started working on my mental health. I realized I had a lot of past traumas, sexual abuse, lots of really like crazy stuff happened. I'll send mm -hmm. you the link to the video if you want to watch it. Um, but yeah, I, I've talked a lot about, you know, the, the problems that I had when I was younger and the problems I had up until that point, I was repressing it. And a lot of young men do this. Like we, we have men are on a daily cycle, right? women are on a monthly. The, the daily cycle of a man is peaks of your energy. Most of us waste it. Video games, masturbation, eating bad foods, spending time with the wrong people. Like you find destructive uses for this energy. Well, and that's what I was doing. You know, I was just destroying myself because I didn't understand how to use this, this gift, right? Um, and yeah, like I, I, when I realized all of the problems I had, I cut off all of my friends and all of my family, except for my parents and my brother. I just pressed the restart button on my life. I, I just chose to completely reset everything. Then I did a lot of work on myself, spent a lot of time in isolation, did a bit of therapy, didn't really do much for me. Um, then after a while, like it was about a year or two into this thing, towards the end of 2016, I started just sharing a little bit of what I was learning. I started off with Tumblr, just sharing mm -hmm. on a blog, you know, two, 300, 500 words every day about what I was learning. And, um, in 2017, someone asked me, hey, are you a life coach? And I was like, what the fuck is that? So <laughs> I, I had no idea what that was. And um, yeah, I just, I, I went and did some research and I found a course that, that teaches you how to coach people. So I was like, well, this seems like what I'm doing anyway, so let's find out. So I did the course. It was a big investment for me at the time. And it took me six months, right? The, the course is six months long. And they say you're supposed to do 40 hours of coaching. I, co uh, that's practice. I coached mm -hmm. over a hundred people for free during this time. And it really like my skill level went up massively. Like I got way better at coaching. And by the end of that year, 
I started, I was charging like small amounts of money per hour and all this stuff for, for coaching people. And, and I was like, yeah, I can do this. This, this could be my career. And then in 2018, I hired a coach. It was really funny. Like I said to him, dude, I've got 300 pounds in my bank account. I just quit my other job. What can we do for that? And luckily, you know, I feel like God got my back with this one as usual. Um, he just said to me, look, save your money. I'll teach you how to, co- uh, how to do the business side of this. You can teach me about social media. And I was like, okay, that's, that sounds cool. And, you know, we worked together for a couple of months and I started making this a full-time living. And then towards the end of 2018, I had too many clients. So I raised my fees and just started doing things a little bit differently. Last year, I started group programs. This year, I did a different type of group. So like, it's been a career progression. And now I'm in a place where like, I can teach other people how to do what I've done. And I can also coach really powerfully. And I combine these things together with my love of social media and sharing and creating mm-hmm. content. And it's now all I'm doing is creating the lifestyle that I want. So as soon as lockdown's over, I'm going on a world tour and I'm just going to be, I'm starting off South America then I'll spend the summer in Europe, the winter in Asia. Like I'm just going to mess around. You know, the, 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 when I was younger, people told me you want to enjoy yourself all the time. You can't do that. And yeah. I want I want my life to be a testament to the opposite. I was looking at your YouTube earlier on, Sachin, and I um, noticed a, a playlist where you were talking about escaping the matrix. Could you briefly explain our audience what is the matrix or is the actual matrix concept true? Mm. Yeah, so, so this is just my way of looking at things. But... Um, Okay, so the, the movie, The Matrix, right? Or it, it might be a documentary, we don't know. But apparently it's a movie. Um, it's, a, it's a way of looking at the world like it's designed by an architect, someone who decides these are the structures we're going to put in place. And then you've got the, the agents, the people who are trying to keep that structure in place. Now, I don't, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, okay? I'm not going to jump down the rabbit holes of who's trying to control who. I don't care. Because we've all got freedom of choice. That means no one's really in control of you. Separate matter. Um, then you've got the bots, the, you know, the, the, the other like enforcement uh, who mm-hmm. are trying to keep control. And then you've got people who are happy to be in the matrix. Like they're just unaware. They're there. They're plugged in, right? And this is not a judgment. It's just an observation. Like there's a lot of people who don't want to question why they're here what they're doing. Is there any point to it? That's cool. Like it's not for everyone, but then you get people like Morpheus, Neo, Trinity, all these other people, and they want more out of their lives. And more doesn't mean they want money and cars and clothes. They, they don't care about that. They want purpose. They want freedom and they, they want to live in the real world. This real world for us, you, you can't like unplug yourself physically, but not yet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, there's a lot of ways that we're plugged in metaphorically. That's it. One of the ways to be plugged in is, oh, I'm just going to do what the news tells me to, or like, oh, these politicians, oh, they know better than me. So who am I to, to argue, you know? And it's not about arguing for the sake of arguing, but it's just about making your own choices. There's a lot of people who are really happy to be plugged in. Um, you know, there's like a conveyor belt. There's a lifestyle, right? You go to school, you go to, to university or you get a job. You get married, you have children, you work in your job until you retire, and then you die. 
and and that's cool like there's nothing wrong with that but the reason i look at it like there's instruments of control is because when you go to school you're taught certain things that's one version of you being plugged in when you go to a workplace you sit under fluorescent lighting you have minimal deep interaction with people and you're you're restricted in into uh conforming in a certain way like there's certain things you don't talk about and um, why you know like th- this is the thing like I keep saying it's not for everyone but the people who want more out of life they come into these structures like for me I don't do well in workplaces I talk about inappropriate things and I'm not it's nothing rude it's just like religion politics purpose spirituality the reasons why like no no one wants to talk about that shit they they're saying hey the the printer's running out of ink <laughs> and and there's nothing wrong with that is these these are not judgments these are just observations people want different things out of life so it's a con- it's a, a mental construct it's a mental prison that you can live in but if you don't realize that you're in a prison doesn't feel like it because you can go outside you can go to restaurants you can go to clubs but I look at it like there's instruments of control, right? So you got schools, mm-hmm. you got workplaces, you got nightclubs, you got TV, you got video games. There's nothing wrong with those things. But if that's if that's all you know and that you don't want a problem. Yeah, and and it can control you. But when I say we've all got the power of choice, you can decide, okay, is school for me? No, it's not. Okay, let's do this instead. Are nightclubs mm-hmm. for me? No, it's not. And even if you do like nightclubs, I like to rave once a year. It's enough for me. I can't handle the late nights anymore. So, I, you know, it's it's fun for me. But if that's what we're using as an escape, so if it's alcohol, other drugs, you know, it doesn't matter. Like all these drugs, they're, they're forms of escape. They can be. Or you can use psychedelics. They could also be forms of escape too. It depends how you use it. But the matrix mm-hmm. is designed so that it keeps you in in this uh, like this place where you bubble. don't ask too many questions. Yeah, yeah, the bubble, right? You don't ask too many questions. You do what you're told. You go to work. You go to sleep. Shut the fuck up, and then you die. And and it's so that you can be harvested for your tax money, for your participation in society, so you can consume and just you know be be a good little kid. We tell you what to do. You do it. All right. You served your purpose. Now you die. And now the next generation. So this is just the way I see it. I'm not. I'm not saying I'm right, and I'm not saying everyone else is wrong. It's just the way I view it. Mm-hmm, definitely, everything I believe starts with us being more aware of everything that's going on around us. Would you consider yourself more of a Morpheus or more of a Neo? Uh, good question. I like both. I, I guess both. Like um, combination. Half, yeah, half and half. Because like Morpheus gives people the red or the blue pill choice, right? Um, I don't, my, my coaching business is limited. I only want to work with like 30 people every year because I only do one year. So mm-hmm. the version that I give people is, it's like they experience what red pill life is like for a bit while they work with me. And I, I'm not doing the work of trying to wake people up or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to like bring them out of the matrix, but mm-hmm. if we were to make it an equivalent, yes, there is that element to what I do. So you've got a choice. Do you want to continue red pill life? Or do you want to go back? Okay, you want to go back? No judgment? Cool. Everyone who wants to continue, now we work together. Um, so there's that element of it, but there's also like the big Neo type stuff that I do. Um, you know, it could be speaking events, it could be podcasts, it could be like the content I put out. There is a kind of freedom mission that I'm on. Um, 
but it's just freedom of thought. I don't get involved with politics because I think it's a waste of time. I don't, I don't do these like, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not out here trying to get people to do anything. What I am trying to do is just talk to the people who are already looking for what I have to offer. Mm-hmm. That's a very well way to put it. I just wanted to ask you, Sachin, you mentioned that your awakening, your moment when you realized that you actually wanted to like find a purpose in your life was um, found in a place of solitude. So you basically had this extra free time when you just asked yourself, maybe there's more to life than just this. Can you briefly describe that period? How did you approach that period? Because of this, you had your brother guiding you, but at the same time, it came down to you to take the decision that you want to do more. Mm. My brother's an interesting dude because he just, it's like he, he, gave, he gave me the key to a door, but he didn't really do much else because he didn't, he didn't want to push it. He was like, mm. look, it's here for you if you want to do it, but you do want to do it on your own. So I started taking on mentors online, not anyone I was talking to one-on-one, but just videos after videos after videos. And I did something that very few people on the planet do. It's not a brag. It's just a a real shit. Mm -hmm. I took the free information and I applied it. And I -hmm. I did it as though I was studying a university curriculum. I, I tested myself. I gave myself assignments. I did like, if you look over here on the top of my bookshelf, there's, um, there's all these mm-hmm. journals over here, right? That's from like four years of my healing journey. Like, wow. you know, there, there's, there's a lot in, so what did I say, four years? No, three years of my healing journey. 2015, 16, and 17. Those three years, I isolated myself from society. No girlfriend, no friends, no restaurants, no clubbing, no cinema, no, no, no interaction with the outside world. When I go to the grocery store, I put these sunglasses on, and I would put headphones on because I didn't want to talk to no one. I used the self-checkout because wow. I ain't trying to hear shit. Because, <laughs> you know, like you, one time I went to the grocery store and I heard someone talking about some current events. And I was like, oh, my God, like I started to get anxiety. And then after a few days, I was like, what the hell? But I was in a highly sensitive state because I was going through a lot of my stuff. So those journals that I showed you, they're all full with my reflections from my healing journey. and what you know this doesn't have to be a complicated process you don't need to hire a coach you don't need to you know spend 20 years with a monk or in isolation it could be as simple mm-hmm. as right what are my problems this is what i started with i want i've been trying to kill myself for a long time why is that uh, i've been abusing drugs like alcohol why is that uh, i've been a negative prick to most of the people that i actually love apparently i love them why and I didn't know the answer, but there's a really, really nice way of looking at it. When you have loads of inputs, it's like you're shoving everything else that's already in you mm-hmm. down. But if you get rid of all the inputs, that stuff starts yeah. to come up. And this is one thing that started happening. I started getting flashbacks. I started remembering those things and just started seeing who I really was being in the world. And I judged that person a lot back then. Now I see it's really necessary to bring me here and to the hero journey right i go slay the dragon and i share the the treasure with everyone else but especially for young men there's a lot of us who are wasting our time on the earth because we've made assumptions you know i made the assumption i'm terrible with women and i'll never have the kind of girlfriend that i want i made Mm -hmm. the assumption that oh i'll just have to get by with a job and smoke weed to make it interesting that's just an assumption 
we make these mm. assumptions and we base our life decisions off them, but most of the time, 98% of the time, they're not true. And, and this is what I caught myself. In this time, I just kept spending more time alone, didn't really talk to anyone. All of these assumptions were coming up for me. And it's not as simple as, oh, I noticed them and now everything's fine. Dude, I spent a lot of time hating myself, purging all of these things by just writing them down and seeing, fuck, like, who am I being? Who, who made me God? Who said I could decide that these things are true? They're not. And, and if this is the funny thing with life, right? If I give you this pen and I say, hey, you ever write anything with this pen, you'll die. You get to decide if that's true. Yeah. You, you could fear this 100%. pen forever. You'd never use it. Or you could say, that guy's an idiot. <laughs> I need to write my grocery list. Fuck you. There's a very good analogy. And I feel like uh, there's a, another very good picture that I feel like we are all aware of. There's this picture with a horse uh, being um, kept by an imaginary point, which is just a chair, which if he wants, he can easily move. But in his mind, that's like his prison. So I feel like this is a very good analogy with everyone nowadays feeling like they are trapped. They are trapped into a nine-to-five. Uh, they have to go to university because their parents tell them to do so. Uh, they have to work another extra month to get that paycheck. And so afterwards they can quit. But it seems like it's a continuous hamster wheel. And I'm talking from experience because I've been there. Uh, and it feels like it's never ending. It feels like you just you just got to push a bit more and then you get there. But of uh, unfortunately enough, you're never there. And you keep doing the same thing and repeating the same cycle. How would you how would you say someone could break the cycle other than obviously isolating themselves and identifying their true selves? What would you say would be a maybe more approachable, more um, less drastic um, way of mm. dealing with it? Yeah, the drastic way is not for everyone. Is um, But it, let's say, for example, if you're a single person, you don't have children, any of that stuff, no dependence. Yeah, the drastic way that that might that might fit you um if people are looking for more accessible way to do this to, mm -hmm. to remove themselves from that way of being it's going to take longer but it's really practical it's really simple you we all have the same one thing in common okay many things in common but we've got one thing that's common for all of us you've got 24 hours every day eight hours you might spend our work okay let's let's round that up a little bit 12 hours each day you're spending like going to work, coming back, eat, drink, do whatever, all of that stuff. So that's 12. And then you got about six or eight hours to sleep. Let's narrow it down to six. So what's that all together? 18 hours. You got six more hours in your day. What are you doing with those hours? It's simple as that. You don't need to isolate. You can if you want. But if you're spending those six hours messing around, gossiping with your friends, planning the next night out, um, you know, all of this other pleasure-seeking bullshit, then there's nothing wrong with this. But I'm saying if you want something different, then you've got to start being different. You know, they, they say knowledge is power. That's fucking bullshit. The, 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 the information age we're living in, there's information everywhere, but we're starving for wisdom. I think Tony Robbins was saying that. This is the thing. Like, if you see, okay, I've invested six hours into Netflix. What, what, what did that investment of time yield you? But if I invested a thousand hours into playing the guitar, maybe I could perform at the end of the year and I'll get paid for that. You might not even, you might not even be wanting money, 
but I, I've seen this myself. I make music, right? And just for fun, I'm not putting it out there. It's not for anyone. It's just for me. It's a hobby. I draw, same thing. It's just a hobby. These things, I've invested more hours into those than other things, and they're fun for me, and I see myself getting better. The music I make now sounds like music. Before, it just sounded like you're running over a <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. It sounded like noise. Um, and it's the same thing. You know, if someone, wants, if someone really wants out of the hamster wheel lifestyle, good. Start investing your time differently. So it's as simple as that. And, and you're going to lose friends. People are going to laugh at you. Dude, this is a funny thing. I said to someone, this was in 2016. Um, she was like, oh, yeah, why did you quit your job? And I was like, well, you know, this just, it's not for me. And I think one, at one point I want to just travel the world and, and do my thing, you know, get, get paid to do something I really love. And she, she asked, what's that? And I was like, yeah, I want to help people with, with their mental health and, you know, live their best lives. And she just laughed at me. She was like, yeah, let me know when that happens. And this is not a fuck you to those people, but this is just about acknowledging like what you're going to have to go through. Cause now five years later, or almost five years later, I don't need to go to their house, knock on the door and say, hey, I made it, fuck you. But I get the satisfaction of seeing my investments of time pay off. It's like if you invest $1,000 into Netflix today, two years later, you might have 4,000. I don't, I don't, these are bullshit numbers. I don't know anything about the stock mm-hmm. market. But time is more valuable than money. You can always buy, you can always make more money. You can never buy more time. So your time is now worth a trillion dollars or whatever value you want to put on it. If I look at like, okay, I could spend time with my friends talking shit. Would I waste a trillion dollars on that? No, stupid. But the position I'm in now, I can take that trillion dollars and I can just spend it on an experience with my friends because I'm not trying to change anything in my life. So this isn't about judging people saying, don't spend time with your friends, but it just comes down to the truth, which is if you want something different, start investing your time differently. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Obviously, it's very subjective. But what would you say that is the meaning of life? Yeah, it's completely subjective um, because the meaning of life is whatever meaning you give it. Like when I was trying to hurt myself for a long time, there was the, the meaning of life was suffering, and it was like, oh, life shit, fuck, I don't want to be here. Um, you know, there, there was a point for me where I just didn't see the point in anything. They're like, why get it? Dude, okay, I was depressed for a long time. There was one point where I didn't shower for three weeks. And I didn't brush my wow. teeth. For, and look, we can laugh about it now, okay? Uh, that's way gone. We can laugh about this now. But I, at that point, I didn't see the, the meaning of anything. I would play video games. I would smoke weed. I wouldn't eat. I had like one pizza every now and then, every other couple of days. I was sustaining myself on tobacco and weed and alcohol alone. Zero nutritional value, by the way. It's not a good diet. But this happened for a period of months. And the only thing that changed it was I met a woman and she changed my entire life. Now, was it her? No. It's just another person. But I associate a meaning to that relationship. We didn't even have a relationship when when we first saw each other, but I saw her and they call it love at first sight. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's real. But I saw her, something clicked inside me and then I started showering and brushing my teeth because I had someone to Mm -hmm. impress. You know, and I started eating properly because I had someone to impress. Now, I gave that situation meaning, but someone else could see as there's a a hot girl there, back to the the PlayStation. Then there's, there's the opposite of that, which is 
you can give every single thing that happens in your life a meaning. I've been going through kind of a hard time with um, changing the direction that my business is going in. And, mm-hmm. and it's been really strange for me because I've, I've had some really difficult experiences. Now, I've given those experiences meaning. The meaning that I chose to assign to it really serves me because now I understand where I'm going. But sometimes we get a fixed way of seeing things and that determines the meaning that they have. So you could see it, this is a bad thing. Okay, yeah, yeah, and then your life's going to suck. But then you could also choose to see it differently. And, and this is what anyone can do. You've got the power of choice and you can change the way you see it. So yeah, the meaning of, of life for me right now is learning. Okay, there's, there's a few Fs in here, right? Freedom, food, fun, and I'm sure you can guess what the last one is. But that, that's, mm. that's all it's about for me. I'm a very simple person. I, I, enjoy, I enjoy enjoying myself. And if that's, if that's what my life is about, everyone around me benefits from that. It's very powerful and beautiful. Um, you, you mentioned um, earlier the fact that every woman has like a monthly cycle and we men have like a daily cycle. I really want you to like go more into depth with like mm. how does daily cycle look like in terms of energy input and output. Yeah. So look, for this is really funny to talk about. When I was younger... Um, I used to hate waking up in the morning. Oh, I hated it. And my dad, he runs his own business. And my dad said to me one time, oh, you, you know, get up in the morning. And I, I said to him, I'm not a morning person. And he laughed at me. He still says it to me this day, but as a joke now, he's like, dude, you are never going to get anywhere in the world if you're not a morning person. So the reason I bring that up is because everyone is different, but men are on this daily cycle, which is you have peaks in your energy at certain times. I don't, I'm not the expert on this, but I've seen my own cycle. I actually naturally wake up at 4.30 in the morning, 5, 4.35, between 4.30 and 6 o'clock is mm-hmm. when my natural body clock starts to wake me up. And then I start getting tired around 9 to 9, 10, 11 o'clock around that time. Now, if I know that this is my natural rhythm, and it could be similar for women, but I'm not a woman, so I don't know. The, the women are on a, the monthly cycle, meaning like there's peaks in their creative energy, there's peaks in their mm-hmm. other energy. Like we have the same thing, but ours is different. There might be optimal times for you to be in conversation. Like for me as a coach, my, my days are about having conversations. So I know for me, I want to get my morning stuff done between 6 and about 9, p- 9 a.m., eat, walk the dogs, have a shower, get my, get the oats ready for the, for the afternoon snack. I just, just sort my, my day out, get organized because I don't, I don't have too much thinking in the morning. There's a very little time for stuff to settle down. Cause I've just woken up. I'll get all my non-negotiable things done, shower, food, all that, whatever. Then I'm awake. Okay. 9am to 11am might do some admin. I make some content. I've just settled into the day. Then 12pm to 6pm. I have conversations. There's like two hours, an hour break, two hours, an hour break. And I structured my day like that because I've understood how my energy is best spent. And then in the evening, maybe the last hour of the day, replying to messages, sending emails, all the boring stuff. Like replying to messages are not boring. It's this emails. I, I don't like email. And I'm sure, remember I, I told you guys, like just send me the link on Instagram instead. 
Um, but th- this is because I've seen where my energy is best spent. I work mm-hmm. out in the mornings because I don't have too many thoughts. It, mm-hmm. it, it's, it doesn't give me a chance to, to talk myself mm-hmm. out of it. And there, there's yeah. no opportunity to do that. So I think for men, it's really important to understand when do you function? If you're working a full-time job and you need to be there by 9 a.m. and you need to leave the house at 8, okay, cool. Let's try waking up two hours earlier. What do you want to do with those two hours? Or what could you do with those two hours to better function today? And the same with weekends. Like I used to sleep in till 3 p.m. on the weekend. Mm-hmm. 3 p.m. That's, a, that's not even funny. Like I, I think about it now. I'm like, damn. That's mental. Yeah. And, and dude, I wasn't sleeping the whole time. I would lie in bed on my phone. I'd play a bit of video games. I'd just talk. Ah, that's the worst. Yeah. And, and what are we doing with that? We're, we're using the energy that we've still got that energy in the morning, but it's not being used. It's like, look, energy is like, a, it's like, um, you've seen it with electricity, right? You can power all of this stuff or you could fucking destroy something. Yeah. It's the same with us. And especially as men can be really dangerous. You know, we see it all the time. The funny thing is, this is my personal observation that I have. I think that suicide is so much more common among men than it is with women because women, it is easier for them to connect with each other and with other people. Whereas men, it can be really difficult. And dude, like real, real talk right now, right? A lot of people are not going to like what I say here. A woman can meet a man at any point in her life and it can change everything. A man might meet her and she might be thinking suicidal thoughts. He might come up to her, start talking to her, her life changes. Men, women don't approach men. Men don't really approach each other on the street. Strangers, you don't get that. That's one of the reasons I believe that we need to be understanding ourselves a lot better. Mm-hmm. And men really need to wake up to the relationship they have with themselves. The relationship you have with yourself is the relationship you're going to have with your friends, family, with your colleagues, with drugs, with sleep, with sex, with food, everything. So mm-hmm. if we come back to get in touch with that, all of these problems will be, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say solved, but it will be a lot easier to catch yourself falling into mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Talking about energy and about uh, women, I know it's going to be a little bit of a sensitive subject, but what's your approach on porn? Mm. So I used to demonize it. I used to say, this is evil. How dare you? Demon, whatever, like it's, it's bad. Um, and now I have a very different view of it. You know, like, okay, so <laughs> I'm going to share a personal story with you. Um, I'm talking to someone right now. She's, she's amazing. She's really cool. We can't see each other because we're in different countries and all this lockdown stuff's going on. So how can, yeah, we can communicate our preferences and stuff. Um, and one of the ways to do that is you can send them a video. Okay, cool. Yeah, this is why I might like, or you can send them pictures or whatever. That's one of the, may, maybe that's a positive use of it. The second positive is, look, again, coming back to men, right? There's a lot of men out there who are very desperate. I was one of them. I, I hold my hands up right now. I was a virgin until I was 18. And I was fucking desperate a lot of times, man. Like masturbating like five, 10 times a day sometimes. I'm not proud of it, but I ain't ashamed of it either. It's just something that we do. Yeah, like We are being there. <laughs> this, this thing is not something to be ashamed of, right? But the, the thing is, it's like, is the tool using you or are you using it? It's like um, if I have a hammer, 
and, I, and I'm going around the house trying to turn on a light switch with the hammer. I'm going to break the fucking light switch. Right? I'm going to ruin the, lit, the, the light. Mm-hmm. It's, it could be the same thing with all tools. Marijuana, porn, cars, clothes. They're all tools. Maybe porn could be used to deepen your connection with your partner. And if you don't have a partner, maybe you using it every single day is actually creating more distance between you and someone you want to connect with. Oh, and yeah, I think one. I think for all of us, like men and women, take breaks. You know, like take breaks from using these things and see what happens. I used to smoke weed every single, almost every day for eight years, and I took time away from it. My cognitive function, I think, is what they call it, it went way, went way higher, and I stopped being irritable. I was more motivated, but it doesn't mean that the tool is bad. I might do it like once or twice a year, but that's that's how it works for me. So I think it's really subjective, but also like for everyone, there's no harm that can come from taking a break from these things. Just like there's, you know, you, you guys work out. If you work out nine hours a day, that's destructive. Your, your joints and your bones are going to get fucked up. If you, if you do it in balance, it can be really beneficial for you. Absolutely. Excesses are not good in any situation, be it good or bad. Um, talking about like tools and being aware of what we are consuming or how we are depleting our energy, I'm going to dive into a different subject that might even be even more sensible for some people, but what's your take on psychedelic drugs? Mm, I'm glad you asked. Yeah, man, this is, um, so look, these, these are not hacks to enlightenment. You know, if, if people look at it that way then you're probably going to get further and further from enlightenment than you've ever been in your life. Um, there's a famous saying by Alan Watts. Once you get the message, hang up the phone. So like I, for me, I, I took mushrooms because after a year of doing research, because I knew, okay, I got childhood traumas. I need to go into that shit. And this fucking therapist treat me like a six year old. That ain't helping me. And I'm not bad mouthing therapy, right? I've done work with one therapist. It was great. She was the right one for me. But at this time, I had a really bad view of it because I didn't think it was helping me. So I chose to use Mother Nature instead. Now, I'm pro-psychedelic use as long as you're educated and as long as you're not abusing it. Again, it's like tools, right? Your body builds a natural tolerance to this psychedelic substance quickly because it's built into us. You don't need to use this every day. Stop fucking around. Use it responsibly. But that's the problem. In the society we live in, the matrix, people are looking to use these things for enjoyment. Now, I don't want to tell people how to live, bro. It's not my place. But I will say, would you ever take out a calculator and start using it for fun? No. It's fucking stupid. You People would look at you like, what the hell's wrong with you? I have the same view with this. Would you pick up a hammer and just start throwing it around? You'd probably hurt yourself. You'd probably take out your eye. Scary. Same with this. You can, you can break the lid off your brain and, and start like, you know, picking at it yourself over time. If you want to blow the roof off straight away and take a heroic dose of mushrooms, I wouldn't advise it, but yeah, go for it. But the key is integration, right? Any idiot mm-hmm. can pick up a mushroom and eat it and think, yeah, yeah, that was nice and do nothing with it. But really the change comes from taking it. And I, this is the practice that I did, right? I wrote down a list of questions that I would ask God if I met them, it, her, she, whatever, I don't care. 
That's the way I approached it. I wrote down these questions. When I started to feel it kicking in, then I asked the questions and I wrote down the answers. And there was a point where I lost complete control of my motor functions and I couldn't even write down the answers. I just listened. <laughs> this happened to me as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. Like, but th this is what I'm saying. Like, I took that experience and I integrated it. I saw things really differently from my childhood, from my past. And I was like, whoa, I'm being shown different things. You know, and, and you have an ego death. The ego death I experienced was so scary. I cried, my, I cried like a baby for hours, but it, it freed me. And, and it freed me because I, I dropped the stories associated with this. And here's the other thing. What, what, do, we, what do we want when we use drugs? What, what, are we, what are we really looking for? We're looking for presence. All drugs, maybe alcohol is different, bring you into the present. And, and maybe that doesn't go for all drugs, but I'm looking at psychedelics specifically. Mm -hmm. I don't really call them drugs, but these tools, the main thing that they're doing is bringing you here. But you're, you're, we're here right now, right? But there's other stuff going on and we're not like 100% present. When you, can, when you use these tools, you're so present that you can see wavelengths of light that we don't normally see. You can hear things that we don't normally hear. And your, your function up here is very different. And it is. if we saw that all we were looking for was presence, and you hear people say this all the time, just meditate and you can have the same effect. I've experienced that without meditation. That The presence is not about you know, tripping out and having a cool experience. There's, there's a time and place for that, maybe. But what I'm referring to is a way more simple practice of you want to have that psychedelic experience. Imagine if you could have it anytime you want, but just dropping whatever it is that's on your mind. So we have the, the thing that takes us away from being present is thought. We follow thoughts, but it's really funny. There's a distinction that we make. We say, oh, this thought about my past, and then we start following it. Oh, I'm bad with women, yeah. and start following it. However, and this is a question for your audience too. I want to know, DM me the answer to this when you, find, when you listen to this episode. Have you ever gone to YouTube or Google and typed in, how do I deal with my thoughts about socks? We don't do it. Why? Well, you, you want to know about how to deal with your negative thoughts. You want to know how to deal with your thoughts about the past. Why won't she get over whatever, whatever. But when it comes to socks, let it go. All right, it's just socks. Or when it comes to brushing your teeth, all right, it's just brushing my teeth. We make a distinction. You can have a psychedelic experience by taking the same approach to all your thoughts as you do with mm -hmm. socks because you just drop it. You let it go. It goes past and you're back to nothing. There's, there's this really, really powerful thing that I've been learning recently is the power of nothing. You know, the secret to happiness is nothing. Mm -hmm. The, the, to find everything you've always wanted is coming back to the space that you had before your thought told you you feel different. So I said I was going through a hard time recently when I dropped my thinking around it and it took me a few days because I, I, was, I was getting fucked up. But when I dropped the thinking, I came back to a place of nothing. And in mm -hmm. that place, I feel love. I'm at peace. I don't need anything. And I'm really open for everything that, that comes from that place because everything was created from nothing first. You look at a blank piece of paper, it's nothing. Then you put something on it. 
It's the same with our minds. It's the same with our lives, same with our love life, same with your business. If you can come back to that place of nothing regularly, you find yourself having those massive realizations, those massive moments of present that ground you so much that it's hard to shake you. And instead of getting consumed in your thoughts, you get lost in the absence of thinking, which is a completely different ballgame. You were mentioning having uh, those awakening mo moments or like moment full of nothingness without uh, psychedelics. And I experienced that myself. And um, it came to my mind whilst you're mentioning that you have to basically not necessarily be in solitude, but like you have to detach yourself from the thoughts. But it feels to me, contradict me if you think it's uh, wrong, it feels to me that people are not necessarily only attached to their thoughts, but they're mostly attached to distractions. And I feel like a good step to begin with is to actually identify what their distractions would be. And once they are aware of that, then they can come inside. Because otherwise, I see it with most people, like uh, especially in our country here, Uh, there's this dogma that breakfast is the most important meal of the day. You gotta eat. You gotta eat now. You gotta eat later. Like we literally came back home uh, like a few days back and my mom has stocked up on food for like the next six months. And she's like, have you run out of food yet? I'm like, I'm only eating to like protect my body and like to kind of develop mentally and physically. I'm not eating for any other reasons whatsoever, but It seems to me that people are using even food nowadays to like keep themselves away from that, those um, thoughts. What's your take on that? Yeah, and I think the, the, I agree with you. And I also think they don't even know that they're doing that because it's ingrained in the culture. You know, like, our, like ethnic, a lot of ethnic cultures are about, you know, food is bonding. Like Indian moms do it too, man. Like, oh man, yeah. you know, when I... My mom will make some, uh, some incredible food and I won't even be able to eat it. I'm like, dude, if I eat that, I'm going to go to sleep and I got stuff to do for the rest of the day. I, I can't do that. And then they take it personally. Oh no, you know, they, uh, whatever. The, the thing is, it's not our place to, to correct. And I know you're not suggesting that, but I think if someone realizes that, oh yeah, dude, we all do it with different things. I don't drink coffee. Okay. One of the reasons why is because I used to be mentally ill and I don't think that it's a good idea for me to put psychoactive chemicals in my body. It's just probably not a good idea. Right? If I've been ill, it's probably not a good idea. Also, it's a distraction because I'm, I'm relying on something to give me something else. Mm -hmm. But if I come back to nothing regularly, I don't need it. And you might feel more tired for, look, I've never been a coffee drinker. So I'm coming, that's where I'm coming from. It's easy for me to say this stuff. I also know people who I've coached, they don't need it anymore because the beliefs that we've had around our distractions, oh, in, you know, I used to smoke, right? Cigarettes and mm. weed. Oh, oh, I'm a social smoker. Bullshit. I would sit and smoke 20 <laughs> cigarettes on my own. It's not, it's not true, but I create reasons why The, why it's justifiable for me to have these distractions. Mm -hmm. We do it with everything. The aim is not to be a monk and, oh, I'm completely aesthetic and, you know, I don't, I don't do anything that's bad for me. What's the point in living, man? Come on, you, you know, have a cigarette, have sex, eat a cheeseburger. It's all the balance, isn't it? You know, we can have balance or we can have complete 
um, con- consumption. And, and I'm a big fan of complete consumption. Fuck balance. And, and I don't mean this to be like, I'm a complete hedon all the time and I'm hedonistic and I just want pleasure. But if I'm going to eat a cheeseburger, I'm not going to have a Diet Coke. I'm not going to have the, the baked fries. I'm going to have the quadruple cheeseburger with the bacon. Give me some jalapenos and some cheese and the, the barbecue sauce and the deep fried chips, fries. I'm going to have all of it and a regular Coke, okay? Because I'm choosing for that moment to be about pleasure. It's not a distraction in that moment. It's a choice. It but if I, if, yeah, exactly. If I keep going back to these things, oh, I need to eat cheeseburger, I need to eat cheeseburger. That's a distraction. And I don't even, not even conscious of it. But if you start being a bit more aware, like when I play video games now, I'll play for an hour. I'll be super in. I'll put my aer- phone on airplane mode. I'm off. I ain't doing anything else. I just want to kick it, play some video games and want to chill with one of my dogs. That's it. But th- this, is, this is what I'm saying. The idea of balance is really overrated. And the reason why people, I think, it's hard for them to get to where they want to be is because they're basing where they want to be on an idea that's not really real. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, I should be balanced. Well, what, the, what does that even mean? Everyone's idea of balance is different. My idea of balance, like I just told you, I'm either in or I'm not. I eat good six days a week. I eat really healthy. I have my meals planned, whatever. That one day, dude, is game on. I'm eating everything. And that's not, I don't look at that like it's a chance for me to escape. I actually plan it. This week, I'm going out for burgers. I'm excited because it's something that I look forward to. But again, like when you come back to what you were saying about these distractions, like we can enjoy these things without having them be distractions. Just like, dude, mm-hmm. we're using this, right? We're, we're putting this stuff on social media. This is a productive use of social media. It's not a distraction. Someone could use this episode as a distraction to stop themselves from doing other stuff because they might say, well, I'm listening to it, so I'm kind of taking action. And I'm it still is productive. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and that's, that's the way I see it. Yeah, definitely. You just got to use it as a tool. But changing a little bit the subject, would you consider being rich as something selfish? Would I consider being rich as something selfish? Yes. <laughs> It depends what you mean by rich. Are we talking about monetary riches? Yes. Okay. So I'll answer your question with another question as, as typical as that might be. Uh, so can you make, what, what kind of impact can you make with $5? Depends on your intent, I guess, but you can't really make uh, yeah, it's all about how you use the money, isn't it? Yeah. But regardless of how you use $5, it's $5, right? Like, I used to believe that rich people were bad people until I met a millionaire who is one of the most generous people in the world. He didn't give everyone money, but he gave them and me value. really value, like massive amounts of value. So he could make that impact because he's not worrying about where his next mm-hmm. check is coming from. Mm-hmm. That $5, yeah, I could buy a homeless person some lunch. I could kick it with my friends, whatever. But let's say if I have 500 million and I'm not doing anything with it, now I can start to change the face of the planet. And I think getting rich is one of the, the most spiritual things you can do. But w- when we say getting rich, what I'm referring to is, I had this is what I was referring to um, about changing the direction of my business. I have followers. I have access to certain things. I could grow a business that doesn't really require me to do much work. 
you know, we sell online courses, it's all automated, if someone does the emails, I don't really want that, bro. It, that's not impact to me. And I, I'm not knocking that. If that's for other people, that's great. But just personal preference. I decided to take my business in a really different direction. I could make more money doing that stuff. And maybe that, that will we'll offer that at some point. But for right now, 30 people every year, maybe a few more. And we make incredible impact. I want to be rich in my heart first because the money doesn't mean shit. Like after a certain point, once, you, once you're making a full-time living doing something you love, a million or a hundred thousand really doesn't make a difference. And then my goal before was really focused on like, yeah, I want to, I want to reach as many people as possible. Mm-hmm. I care about that, man. Yes, I do want to reach the planet and, and share what's really helped me because I know how powerful it can be. At the same time, I want the impact to be really big in those people I reach rather than shallow and hundred million people. No, I'd rather it be 10,000, but life-changing deep impact. Mm-hmm. So that's what it means for me to be wealthy at heart first. And then you enjoy the money. Like I, and also like, dude, if I, let's say for example, like I'm going to pay $50,000 to taxes, right? Let's just say for argument's sake. Um, well, it makes more sense for me personally to spend that money putting on a free event and giving people something that's really going to help them. But I couldn't mm-hmm. do that if my tax bill was going to be $20. Mm. It, this, this, this is what I'm getting at. Like being wealthy in money is one of the most spiritual things you can do if you're coming from that place of intention. Now, if you're just doing it for your own reasons, that's not a bad thing either. You don't have to, there's no obligation for people to make an impact in the world, but we impact the world regardless of what our intentions are. If I go around, fuck you to people, hey, you know, I'm being mean, that's impacting the world. And, and I have no idea how that person is going to react when they get home or whatever. But if I'm being good, and I, and I don't mean this in like the public eye, am I being nice to be? I'm just mm. saying behind closed doors, the cameras mm. are off, you've had an altercation with your neighbor or your partner. If you're good and you have a good intention, like mm. that impacts the world because then your partner's cool, she calms down, he calms down, they go to work the next day, they're cool with everyone. On the other side, if you're being a dick to everyone, that's going to ripple out. So I just think it really comes back to, yeah, your intention, but also straight up, man, like there's, there's impacts that you can make with $5 that you, you know, you can't make that. So you can't make the $500 million impact with $5. It's all about the small things as well, isn't it? You can just smile to someone and you just change his, his day, her day. I think that you did even better than just answering a question. You literally uh, explained the whole concept behind being rich and what it actually means or what it should mean to the majority, which is very much appreciated. And with that said, I feel like we could go uh, on and on and on, sorry. And it might be the case that we want to bring you back in the future because I feel like there is a lot more subject that we can touch upon. on. But uh, of course, I'm very mindful of the time of our time and our listeners time therefore i would like to uh ask you the final question uh, of the show uh just take take your time with it uh basically imagine yourself um being on your deathbed there's no pain involved uh you just know that the moment is very close you're about to close your eyes and leave everything behind but behind uh, before doing this uh you have the opportunity to actually meet uh, 
the best version of yourself that you could have become. You look that person in the eyes, you see and comprehend everything that would have happened in the best case scenario. How would you feel about yourself and your life in that moment? Hmm. Interesting question. There's a, there's a big part of me that wants to answer your question with what you want, but honestly, like there would be no difference. I would look at that person and be like, that's a clone because we, we just do the same thing. Like, man, the way, the way my life is going and the, I could die happy right now. You know, like I've done, I've done things that I've always wanted to do and not just for me, but yeah, impact wise. So I really love the question. I just, yeah, for me personally, especially with the way that I've been living the last couple of years, um, there is there is nothing else but that. Like I don't see myself as there, there's nowhere where else better to be. Um, and I think that this this is really similar for all of us. Like if mm-hmm. you're on a journey of growth, you're the best version you can be right now. And yeah, if you were to look in the future, okay, that version of me has done these things or is capable of whatever. Um, it's different for all of us. But yeah, I appreciate the question. That's a very interesting thing to think about. No, we appreciate you. And I would like to actually acknowledge you for answering that way because uh, obviously there's no best version. Like it's all imaginary and we can always do better. But as you said, if you're living from a place from where you could easily say that if I was to die now, I would be happy. Well, I would say that that's like the most powerful thing for a human being. Um, and with that said, I would like to give you the opportunity to once again tell our audience where they can find you, what it is that you do, um, how you're helping people, and how can they get in touch with you if they want to work with you? Yeah, sure. Um, the, the books are currently closed, so, so no one can work with me right now. Uh, but I, you know, just type in Spoon of Consciousness on, on Google, and you'll find me on Instagram. Uh, I also have a podcast myself. Um, but you know, the, the main thing is I don't want anything from anyone or the only thing I want people to do is take what we've talked about today and apply it because that's what's helped me the most. And you guys are doing a massive service to the planet by offering these conversations. And I really appreciate you you. so much. I really appreciate you for doing this because it is, uh, I don't have a religion, but this is God's work. Um, and I think like, you know, the, all I want from the audience is just to, yeah, just message one of the three of us or all of us and tell us what you got from listening to this. So one insight that you got and one action that you're going to take based on that insight. Because then we know you're doing something with it. Thank you so much, Sachin. It's been really a pleasure. And thank you so much to our audience for listening. Hopefully you're going to apply something from uh, this episode. And yes, like Sachin said, just text us, email us, whatever goes through your mind. We're going to be here for you.